Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Today's Thursday, September the 2nd. We thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Fred Jackson joins me in studio. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. We're here in Tupelo, MS, and in Kansas City, KS, is our good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. How's uh, life treating you there in Kansas oh, man, City? That, hey, 74 degrees. <laughs> Or no, 72 degrees, heading up to 83, blue skies, no rain. I think it's time for a bike ride. Yeah, it's a perfect day. It's, it's ideal. This is September, yeah. this is it. Hey, do you ride a 10-speed, or what, what kind of bike do you ride? I've got two bikes. I've got a specialized, they're both road bikes, a specialized bike. And then when, that, when I had that, it was down for about a month last year, my wife convinced me she didn't have to do a whole lot. I needed a second bike. Okay. So I, I bought a second bike, also a road bike. So I kind of just, I go between them one day, one bike, one day, the next, but it's not, you know, they have the mountain bikes with the, the mm-hmm. uh, mountain biking is a whole other thing. Right. You know, right. that's a whole other kind of bike riding. I, I admire those guys. They're, yeah. My brother used to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's, yeah he, that's, drove, he, he, he and his buddies went all the way out to Utah to go on the trails out there on their. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You, you I got to have a different mindset, plus you got to have a lot of good padding. <laughs> I just got tired listening to him talk about it, you know. Uh, but the ten, just real quick, the 10-speed, do people even ride 10-speeds anymore? Are they you called that? Buy. That's what they were called when I was a kid. You can buy those. Okay. You know, they're, they're kind of on the lower end. You know, it's a good entry. A 10-speed is a good entry-level bike, you know. I, okay. I got to think of how many mine has. It's probably 24. I got the three. 24 speed. Really? Yeah, I think. Well, you know, you have the different cogs wow. in the front, you know, small, medium, or large, or whatever. Really? I don't so, know. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's, that's interesting. Uh, okay. We want to, again, welcome our new listeners uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're on Amen. the dial at 105.1, 105.1 FM in chattanooga if you have friends or family there and you've been telling them about american family radio and they go i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> now they now they can listen yep chattanooga at 105.1 did you know that ray i did not know that that's where i went to college about a thousand years ago in chattanooga where at, at a school called tennessee temple tennessee temple oh, yeah, college yeah. and yeah. university mm-hmm. and that in fact that's where marlene and i met and nice I spent three Three very happy years there in the Chattanooga area. And folk, folks know you got the, you know, Rock City and, and, and uh, all of that there. All of that there in Chattanooga. And g- glad that now, AFR is finally in the Chattanooga area. Fantastic. Now, uh, is that the school that's on top of Lookout Mountain? That's Covenant College. Uh, that Presbyterian College, Reformed yeah, Presbyterian. Right. They Back in that day, big, big hot basketball games between Tennessee Temple. In fact, there was, there's Bryan College up north and Lee College in Cleveland, Tennessee, and then Covenant and Tennessee Temple. And, man, had some hot, 
hot basketball games back in the Why are you smiling, Chris? I was just saying some of the best sporting events I've ever been to have involved Christian schools. I mean, they get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bless your heart! You know, one of those things. Hey, like that elbow, brother. That's are right. you blind? Let me tell you about Jesus. You know, one of those things. Okay, all right. Uh, if you want to watch on the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube. Facebook or YouTube, you can watch this here show on the internet. Just type in today's issues. Chris. All right. Well, a uh, big story that you can read more about today at AFN.net. That's our website. By a 5-4 to four vote, the U.S. Supreme Court has voted to uphold a new law in Texas that is aimed at putting a stop to the uh, vast majority of abortions in that state. Uh, it was a 5-4 to four ruling, as I mentioned. Chief Justice John Roberts, a George W. Bush appointee, voted rather with the uh, pro-abortion wing of the high court. But Trump nominees Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch did vote in favor of what Texas is trying to do here, as did Justice Alito and Justice Clarence Thomas. We talked about this uh, pretty extensively yesterday with Abe, but for people that maybe didn't hear that, haven't heard the podcast yet, I do have a little bit of audio here from Texas Right to Life Legislative Director John Sego explaining what exactly the Heartbeat Act says and does. Clip one. The Texas Heartbeat Act is unique in that the way of enforcement is only by private lawsuits. So pro-lifers suing abortionists who are violating the law. There is no, uh, there is no criminal element where we're asking local district attorneys to do something that they don't want to do, <laughs> go after the abortionist. They don't do it anyway. And there's no administrative uh, penalties. So we're not going after getting somebody's license, asking the government to take someone's license away. We're putting it back in the hands of pro-life lawyers, pro-life activists around the state who are willing to bring these lawsuits against abortionists. And that's a model for the pro-life movement across the country that we're you know, testing out, and hopefully it will be successful to stop abortions after six weeks here in, in Texas. Now, be sure to stick with American Family News because I'll be following up on this later today. Charlie Butts is already working the phones on it, so we'll have some more audio and whatnot uh, later today on our newscast. But let's just stop right there. Any surprises that uh, so-called conservative Justice Roberts sided with the pro-abortion wing or the liberals on the high court? Uh, let me be clear. Uh, this does not overturn Roe versus Wade. Correct. No. That At first blush, you go, that's what happened here. Now, what, what the justices have said, 5-4, is that the case in Texas can go forward uh, challenging uh, that the law, the law can stand yes. uh, right. that outlaws abortions uh, w when the baby has a heartbeat. Six weeks. That's right. Six weeks. So that very case may, in fact, come back up it could. to the Supreme Court. Well, and what's and, unique about the Texas law is that uh, individual citizens can challenge very aspects of an abortion procedure. For, for instance, a citizen can uh, call out somebody who has taken someone to an abortion clinic. That kind of so it, it is citizen driven versus the state driven, and so what the the Supreme Court is basically saying: citizens have a right under this law to take somebody to court who might carry out an abortion or who facilitates someone getting an abortion. And, of course, the line that's been drawn there is uh, when the heartbeat can be detected. 
So abortion is not outlawed in Texas over this. It's approximately six weeks. That's when the heartbeat can be detected. The good side of this is that 85% of abortions are done beyond that six-week point. So what the proponents of this are saying, they're hoping that this law ends 85% of the abortions in Texas. And this has huge ramifications for the for many states in our country who have pro-life majorities. Yes. Uh, Ray, this, this is a, you know, I know a lot of people are, are going to, the legal uh, debate discussion and, and so forth, the courts uh, having to deal with this, but this is very simple in layman's terms. The baby has a heartbeat. You can't kill it. That's exactly right. And, you know, all the all the caveats we're issuing are very important. The Supreme Court did not rule on the absolute constitutionality of the law. They just declined to they just declined to stop it. They allowed it to go into into effect. But we have been waiting, guys, we've been waiting forty eight years for anything like this to happen. This is the best piece of legal news, I think, that we have gotten since Roe v. Wade back in nineteen seventy three. Uh, it, it reminds us again, doesn't Tim? Elections have consequences. John Roberts decided to go with the liberals on this, and he said in his dissent that what the majority was doing, they were not ruling on the constitutionality of the statute itself, and that's true. So everything we said, this doesn't is is exactly right. This does not outlaw abortion. It doesn't. The Supreme Court was not agreeing that the law is constitutional, but they said the objections to it don't have standing, so you're going to have to come back and fight it some other way. Anyway, when all the smoke blows away, it's as big a, it's as big a victory for the pro-life side as we have had since yeah. 1973. Right. I should have mentioned when I set it up and brought in the sound there that uh, the next paragraph of our story at AFN.net does say the court denied an emergency appeal from abortion providers and other pro-abortion groups that sought to block enforcement of the law that went into effect Wednesday. So to prove, Tim point, to prove Tim's point, um, it doesn't, you know, it's not the end-all ruling, but it is certainly something that is positive, as Ray mentioned there. Uh, if you are not already aware, there is a big Supreme Court case coming up this fall that Justice Barrett and others will hear out of Mississippi that one seeks to ban most abortions after 15 weeks. Uh, Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch is arguing in that case. Uh, so we will continue to talk about abortion cases at the Supreme Court for the foreseeable future, for sure. If you'll watch the uh, people who call themselves pro-choice, uh, they don't want to talk about this bill. They, they don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about a baby having a heartbeat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's that makes it too human. Uh, you, you, in order to argue for choice, right, you have to keep it in the realm of, uh, you know, keep the government off my uterus type thing, which which everybody goes. I, I agree with that. Let's let's keep the government off your uterus. Uh, but if you say Let's if a baby's heart's beating, let's not dismember it. Who's with me on that one? You're going to find 90% of people, I think, uh, are going to say that's right. Uh, you can't you can't kill the baby once the heart started beating because mm-hmm. that's only proves that it's a human 
life. Are we going to destroy human life in the womb of the mother and allow that to go on in America? That's what we have been allowing to go on. But now this also will not this this only if Roe versus Wade is overturned. What it means is that the laws regulating abortion go back to the states. Yes. So if a state, for example, like Texas, wants to say no abortions in our state, they can do that. Mm-hmm. If a state like New York wants to say abortions through nine months of pregnancy, they can do that, I suppose. Um, so that's what it would do. It, it would return mm-hmm. law, which is how these mm-hmm. laws were uh, administered state by state by state prior to 1973. And Roe versus Wade, and for those people who are saying, you know, in uh, t- they're they're saying Texas. Now the liberals are saying uh, the national media, in particular, are condemning Texas, saying that they are a handmaiden's tale, or you know, the the, the Taliban, right? The Taliban uh, is now in Texas, you know, gov- uh, keeping women from doing what they want to do, living their lives. Listen, the people of Texas voted for these legislatures, legis- mm-hmm. legislators mm-hmm. who passed this law. Yep. The people of Texas voted for Governor Abbott who signed this law. So the, the women and, and all people of Texas are represented, represented through their uh, votes through the legislature. That's right. So, so I'm saying the left keeps saying, you know, it's a, uh, the Nazis now have taken over control of Texas because women are going to be forced to carry babies to term. Uh, the the state of the state of Texas has a right to self determination on this issue, mm-hmm. and that's not the same as a religious theocracy mm-hmm. like the Taliban, for example. So, well, uh, here's what's interesting too. Um, I was mentioning in our story meeting this morning. Uh, one of the signs that you often see at pro-abortion demonstrations, my body, my choice, mm-hmm. that's being turned around now by people who say the government doesn't have a right to enforce vaccinations on me. The same signs are coming up, my body, my choice. So it's really interesting what's what's evolving here. Uh, the government, uh, including the president of the United States right now, is encouraging companies incur- and ordering our military people Nursing to have something put in their bodies. In other words, the, Joe Biden believes the government has the right to force you to undergo a medical treatment. All right. So what is, what's the difference here? A government mm-hmm. deciding, no, we're not going to allow an abortion, and a government deciding we're going to order you to go undergo a medical treatment. Yeah, I'm waiting right. on somebody to say, well, the difference is you're harming me, and you're you're going to make me sick, and you're going to harm my body by giving me the coronavirus, to which uh, a pro-lifer is going to say, what do you think abortion does to the baby? Yes. Yeah. All right, Chris, next story. All right. Well, I do want to mention certainly, uh, I know a lot of people – you know, had Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study, as we call it, uh, in my church. Uh, so we need, we do need to continue to be in prayer for certainly the people of Louisiana and Mississippi and other states affected by Hurricane Ida. The big story today with Ida involves all this horrific flooding uh, that we had in states such as New York and New Jersey. Uh, Fourteen now dead, 
There's Friend. 12 dead, and it's not even called Ida anymore. It's not a named storm. It's just a tropical depression. But, I mean, it's dumped 8, 9, 10 inches of rain in some places. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the video coming out of the subways in New York. Water pouring mm -hmm. in from the streets above. Mm -hmm. It's incredible what's mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, I don't have any sound uh, to this, but certainly we're following it on the uh, the newscast today. So be sure to keep listening at the top of the next hour. Uh, but there is heavy rains and flooding. There was actually tornado warnings in New York City and, and nearby areas last night. Mm -hmm. uh, That's some, extremely rare. It is. It really yeah. is. And we're used to that, and we often joke about it sometimes uh, because it's just kind of a part of life for us here in the south and certainly in Kansas where Ray is from. Uh, but to be somewhere up there and not necessarily hearing a tornado siren in the northeast very scary. yeah i saw those floodwaters coming in down through the uh, new york subways that that was frightening i've never that. seen that before no. i've never seen anything like that no and they had to rescue a lot of children who were stuck on buses mm -hmm. who got caught in the floods yeah. uh i saw that too did you see that ray well wasn't it at 1.6 inches an hour or some some incredible number like yeah. that like the flood not like rain, but like a flood coming from mm -hmm. the skies. There's there's no pumping system in the world that can handle that. No, not six inches of rain an hour. That's like uh, the old expression of biblical proportions. Right. That definitely right. fits uh, that. Uh, all right, next story. All right. Well, uh, COVID news. Uh, I, oh, you know, good. One of the things I cut you. Thank you. I've been waiting, but... <laughs> It's what you pay me for, Tim. Just sitting here waiting on it. I cover these things and read all these things so other people don't have to. But uh, one of the stories that we are following up on today involves these senior FDA officials uh, that are stepping down over a disagreement with the White House on these booster shots. You know, we've been told not only to be vaccinated, now, uh, and I'm using air quotes, experts are telling us that we need to get booster shots to go with the vaccinations. Well, some experts. Right. Namely, Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Because, what, okay. what med school did he go to? <laughs> Delaware Tech A&M University. Uh, it, it depends on when you ask him. That's uh, right. Uh, all right. So what we got going on here, in case you haven't heard, two top researchers or yeah. scientists, what do you call them? Uh, well, they're being called officials. Officials. At the Food and Drug Administration, mm -hmm. a federal agency, they have resigned. Yes. Now, they have resigned, as I understand it, according to Politico, a political website mm -hmm. covering national government politics. Right. These fellows are top officials, and they've resigned because they felt like Biden was trying to rush this uh, uh, booster shot out before the FDA could approve it. Right, yeah. Fox Is Business, that right? Fox Business has similar wording there. Reading from Fox Business and their article on this, it says the duo was reportedly frustrated that the CDC and Advisory <laughs> Committee on Immunization Practices was spearheading decisions that should be the responsibility of the FDA. Uh, the sources... Um, that Fox Business interviewed here, uh, said Gruber and Cross, the two officials, finally decided to step down after the Biden administration went ahead with a booster program starting the week of September 20th without FDA approval. Which they did with the uh, vaccines. Mm -hmm. 
and the vaccines that are shots. Oh, injections, jabs. Uh, I guess, anyway, don't want to revisit that right. whole thing. But, uh, Ray, have you heard about this story? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems pretty significant when you've got these two officials who are pretty high-placed in the FDA. When you've got FDA officials saying, uh, Mr. President, you are rushing this. You are rushing the whole thing about booster shots. For them to – they're putting their careers, their professional career on the line to say you're going too fast here. We're not doing the research. This shouldn't – no booster shots until they're actually – till we know it's needed and it actually works. So no, It's a big deal, Tim, very big deal. Yeah, the Food and Drug Administration. Of course, you have, you have uh, three players here for the most part. You have the White House. Mm-hmm. You have the CDC and you have the FDA. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, even the CDC, as I understand it, they've not yet recommended. Have they recommended these booster shots? Well, yeah. It, according to the, the Fox, CDC, has the Fox News story. It's one of the bodies that these two are upset about because the CDC is pushing ahead with these, recommending to push ahead with the boosters now. Okay, are these booster shots uh, going to be the same? Uh, uh, brand that you got the first go around. Now, I didn't. I didn't get. I have, we've talked about. In other this. words, if you got Pfizer, would you need the Pfizer? That's what I'm asking. And the Moderna. I'm, I'm sure. assuming the answer is yes, right? Yes, uh, that's my understanding. What if you forgot? Because Johnson and Johnson is its own deal. I mean, it's a, what you if know, you forgot? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bad joke. Uh, but I know I know some people. Oh, you mean what if you forgot which one you had? <laughs> yes. Well, that's possible. They Funny. come and they jab you, you know. Uh, it, it doesn't have a name on the side. The the bottom line here. I wrote, wait a minute. I wrote it down around here somewhere. Yeah. I know it's around here somewhere. FDI, FDA did not give its, appro- its approval, official approval to Pfizer up until just a month or right. so ago. Mm-hmm. Right. That's on right. the regular. So they shot. tested right. Pfizer for several months. Remember uh, yeah, the, sure. the shots started, what, February? End of January, February? Yeah. So Listen. Uh, FDA waited, tested all of those months. Now all of a sudden, uh, the president and his folks at the CDC say, let's get going with those boosters. Let's get them going. Uh, and these fellows are resigning at the FDA say in protest. Now, I don't know if they did a press conference or anything like that, but the Story is they resigned top officials at the FDA because they felt like the White House was pressuring them to approve the usage of the booster shots before thorough studies have been done mm-hmm. to uh, allow for that. Right? That's correct. Basically, that's correct. so. Uh, now, you know, I don't. I, I I know two people on our staff here who got vaccinated in April and then got sick in September. Mm-hmm. With the virus, you mean they got the vaccine and then they got they COVID. got the Johnson and Johnson. It wasn't me, but uh, somebody on our staff. Sure. And, and I mean that's happening, Tim, and their spouse. Yeah, it's happening around the country. Got got J and J shots in uh, April, then got COVID in uh, September. Yeah, well, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, got jabbed. Shot, injected, vaccinated, all those things earlier this year, and then he was diagnosed. Senator Lindsey Graham, also in uh, recent weeks. Yeah, the 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 the, the um, jabs or the shots are not stopping the variant. Evidently, 
yes. what we talked about. They're that. not lasting as long as we thought they would. No, which, may, which begs the question, and I guess we won't know the answer for another six months or a year or two years, is for people who are going to rely on the boosters, and now we're, and now we're saying uh, have one after five or six months of, of getting the first shot mm-hmm. or shots in the case of J&J, does that mean – this is going to become like every two months or every month. You're going to have to go get your booster. Hmm. That's what it sounds like. We're that's where it sounds like we're headed to me. Seems to be. Or yep. what, is it, what about weekly? We're going to get, go to McDonald's, get a Big Mac, get a shot, get a free Mc, booster, big booster, get a, get a free booster. <laughs> that's right. All right. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. Want to know how you can stay connected with the American Family Association? Just visit afa.net forward slash connect. There, you have access to all of AFA's mobile apps, social media accounts, subscriptions, and more. Be the first to stay up to date and informed about current events happening in our culture. Simply visit afa.net forward slash connect. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. As you plan your summer college visits, add Liberty University to the list. With many visiting options to choose from, you're sure to find the right one to fit your schedule. Spend a few hours exploring campus with our student-led team at Tour LU, dig deeper and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience LU, or take your next steps towards becoming a student at Decide LU. Learn more and register today by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. See you this summer. An update to a story I shared with you the other day. A pro-Antifa teacher who said he wanted to turn his students into revolutionaries may soon be unemployed. Hundreds of angry parents turned out at the school board meeting in Sacramento demanding Gabriel Geip be fired. Mr. Geip teaches advanced placement government at Endurkham High School, captured on Project Veritas video boasting about turning kids into radical activists. He even had an Antifa flag in his classroom. The Natoma School District said such behavior is unacceptable and the teacher will be dismissed. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Thank goodness the moms and dads of the Natomas Unified School District chose to speak out. They showed the rest of the nation that if we stand together, we the people can defeat the communist. By the way, my new book, Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Drawl, available right now at your favorite bookstore. I'm Todd Stearns. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, 
always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revow your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. So how many of you have ever been asked by a child, where did God come from? <laughs> I, I haven't been asked, but I've, I've heard others said they've been asked that question. Yeah. Where did God come from? Mm. Uh, joining us now on the program is a man who's going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> that we talk about setting up somebody for failure. Hmm. Dr. Alex McFarlane, our good friend and colleague who's heard each afternoon on Exploring the Word with Bert Harper, is with us right now. Uh, good morning, Alex. Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing? Doing well. We got we got Brother Ray. Yay. Bro- hey. Brother Fred, Brother Chris, and Brother Tim. Amen. We got enough, we got hey. enough for a deacon meeting right here there with you all go. the brothers. <laughs> We're going to form a gospel group called Oh Brother. <laughs> Where are <laughs> thou? <laughs> Um, we, we, we need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Where are you, Alex? I am in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I had the privilege of speaking at Rockfish Church, which there's a lot of AFR listeners there, Pastor Tony McVickers, and of course, Fort Bragg, one of our most important military installations. And would you believe uh, when I spoke there on Sunday, a little boy came up with his parents a child about five years old, and he had a question, where did God come from? Isn't that something? <laughs> I didn't even know that when I was talking about that. Um, so we, want to have, we wanted to ask you today, you wrote a, a, a book, which became also a DVD set that uh, we published here at uh, American Family Association, Focused on the family too. Uh, you did this when you were with Focus on the Family, but we've uh, this is a, a resource that we have available at this website. People, go and write this down: afastore.net, 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 and that's where you can find the DVD and book uh, called "The Twenty One Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity." and how to answer them confidently. Confidently. So the 21 questions, your kids, the toughest 21 questions your kids ask about Christianity, you can get this DVD and book set uh, resource at afastore.net, afastore.net. So the uh, the kid that asked you this, what, how'd you answer him? Well, I said, you know, and, and of course, you know, whenever you're talking to somebody about something like this, you take into consideration their age. Age. But uh, in talking with a five-year-old about where God came from, I said, you know, uh, God just is. You, you know, nobody made God. God is eternal. That, and I said, you know how you and me, we, we, the sun comes up, we, we get up, we have to go to bed at night. 
we are bound by time. So there's morning and evening and the end of the day. But God is not like that. God is bigger than time. And so God just is. And and I also said this. I said, you know, I asked this child, do you know what it means to be dependent on something? And he said, not really. And I said, well, let's say your mom says, uh, we'll go outside and play uh, if it doesn't rain. It depends on whether or not it rains or it depends on, you know, this or that. I said, all of us depend on something else, like our moms and dads had us. God doesn't depend on anything outside of himself. God God is just complete self-sufficient. Now, if I'm talking to college students, there's some loftier, you know, words I might use, but I try to help a child understand how everything depends on something else. Um, if it, it's, if is, 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 is that question, would you cons- consider that question a gotcha question? Um, well, sometimes a college student might try to turn it into a gotcha question, uh, but it doesn't have to be a, a gotcha question. Um, because what they do, like if a college skeptic says, well, if God made everything, who made God, what they're neglecting is, you know, every dependent, limited thing is dependent on something else. But God is unlimited and independent. But I got to tell you something really funny. This is when we did the video curriculum. And by the way, and I, I give God the glory, but I the the staff of American Family Studios deserves a lot of credit. Um, the curriculum, the 21 Toughest Questions, won the award a couple of years ago for best curriculum. And we were, I didn't even know we were nominated. And I got a notice to please come to Cincinnati to receive an award that the International Christian Visual Media Awards named this curriculum of the year. And we beat out two entries a very well-known ministry had two entries, each one which had a hundred thousand dollar budget, and I, I think our budget on the production of this was like seventy-five hundred dollars or something. Uh, and we won curriculum of the year, and I give God and American Family Studios the credit. And by the way, this there's over seven hours of teaching plus a leader's guide and a participant's workbook, and I would really encourage churches to do this, the 21 questions, 21 toughest questions your kids will ask. But listen to this, fellas. So I went to the NRB convention and Dr. Dobson was going to interview me about this curriculum that we created. And it was a great honor to be on Family Talk. And while I'm sitting there getting ready and I'm, you know, trying to get my mind straight and there's James Dobson, my my hero and my former boss. Well, in my peripheral vision, I saw somebody was sitting beside me, but I didn't really pay attention. And uh, so we go live and Dr. Dobson said, we're here and Alex is going to talk about his curriculum he created. And so Alex, let me just start. How do you explain the Trinity to a child? And as he's asking that question, I look and the man sitting beside me who leaned in intently to hear my answer. It was Dr. Stanley, Charles Stanley. (laughs) And, and I thought, okay, Alex, hold it together here. You're on live radio across the mic is Dr. Dobson and sitting beside me is Dr. Stanley. Uh, Think Alex, (laughs) no pressure, (laughs) no pressure. But um, we, we interviewed, 
honestly sat down in my travels with over 200 families with children ages 5 to 13, and we gleaned out what we believe are the 21 questions children and pre-adolescents will ask about God, Christianity, the Bible. And we worked, I interviewed a lot of great people. And we, I think this is a handbook for moms and dads and adult leaders to help children really get a handle on the Christian faith. And so we offer this resource as a, as a blessing to help us pass the Christian worldview on to the next generation. I hate to get personal, but is that your stomach or is that a, an animal in your car? <laughs> That's Esther the dog who is always with me. And Esther just wants to be on the radio herself. But that was Esther you heard. Oh, I thought you had Fred, a cat. Fred thought it was a cat. Well, Alexa the cat is also in the car. <laughs> and Alex, I know the, it's crazy. along with Alex the driver, <laughs> talking about the traveling roadshow. <laughs> Doctor Seuss here. Yeah. Um, hey, let me let me know, just tell uh, folks. Hold on just a second, Alex. If uh, we're talking to Alex McFarlane. And Alex, uh, the the what we're talking about this DVD set and it, which it's a curriculum. It includes the leader's guide, the participants' workbook, and two disc DVD. Uh, it it's the then the topic is the twenty one toughest questions your kids will ask about Christianity and how to answer them confidently. Uh, it's an award winning product that we're proud to have produced here at American Family Association. Uh, and if so, if you want to. Uh, order this uh, we've got it posted at our facebook page just go to our today's issues facebook page and you can link there or you go to afastore.net afastore.net but you need to have this folks you need to have it use yeah. it you can use it over and over and over and church groups small groups uh even church settings and you know uh, for for uh bible school oh, yeah. whatever the case may be go ahead alex some have used it for their wednesday night service yeah, but um, I, I I'm taking Angie away for a Labor Day weekend, and I'm taking the dog and the cat to the kennel. Oh, um, and so cats I'm have to go way. to kennels. Well, ours does. <laughs> uh, oh, or otherwise kennel. it might stray. Uh, maybe so. There? Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Good. No pun intended. So anyway, the funny thing, and I'm just no pretense here, but. I got the dog and the cat. We're going to the kennel because Angie and I are going to have a Labor Day weekend together. And uh, anyway, the the animal sounds you hear in the background, it's not Noah's Ark, but it's Alex with okay. Esther and Alexa. All right. Well, uh, Ray, <laughs> did you have a question or comment for Alex? Well, look, I've been, I've, Alex, I've been looking at these 21 questions, and some of them are just fascinating uh, and maybe my favorite one, because I can hear kids saying this one. I mean, there's great. There's under questions about God and Jesus and problems, but the one about what, the one about the church, Alex. If church is so boring, why do I have to go? That's a <laughs> wonderful question. Every kid has asked that. How did you answer that one, Alex? You there? Oh, he's gone. The cat, the cat hung up on the call. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I'm here. I'm okay. here. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Did you hear? Did you hear Ray's question? Yeah, I did. It's a great question. And and you know what? You're right. That is verbatim from the mouth of a child. 
Um, we try, moms and dads, we, we tell our children a lot of things in life that are most helpful to us, most beneficial. They require commitment, like going to school. We have to do our homework, but we learn and we practice, but we can make the, the baseball team. And going to church is like that. It's, it's how we grow. And we have teachers that help us learn about the Lord. And so um, we, help, we try to help them understand that many of life's most valuable things require effort and commitment. And the time will come when church will become a joy for you. Yeah. And uh, I remember asking so, my mom that. Yeah. I asked my mom, I and, said, Mom, why don't, why don't we have to go to church? It's really boring. And she responded, because your daddy's the preacher. <laughs> I remember backing. I remember being in the car on our way to church. We were backing out of the driveway. I don't remember how old I was, but I asked my dad. I said, Dad, if we're supposed to rest today, why don't we go to church? And uh, I don't remember what he said, but, you but remember- we still went to church. <laughs> and let, let me say one last thing. I yeah. try to help children understand Christianity is personal but it's, it's also corporate in the sense, I'll say, look, you're a believer in Jesus, and, and that's good. But we're also part of this big family. And, and one of my prayers, guys, is that we could instill an ethic of churchmanship in the hearts of children. And that we, we worship together, we become a tither, we find our spiritual gifts, and we serve. And I want to really encourage moms and dads to, of course— share the gospel, but impart a high value for church because part of being a disciple is part is to be a part of a church. Yeah. Hey, Alex, take care of your dog and cat, and, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk to you later, my friend. Hey, God bless you, and God bless AFR. Okay, that's Alex McFarland. I'm, I didn't know. You got a cat, uh, Ray? No. No, I'm a Christian. I've got a dog. <laughs> anybody, anybody on the panel here got cats? I do. Yes. We have two. Both of y'all do? Oh, yeah. They're outside cats, though. But do you, uh, do you, when you travel, do you put them in a kennel? No. no. That's the wonderful thing about cats. They can take care. See, if you leave a dog at home when you go away, the dog will eat all the food the first That's day exactly and starve right. the rest. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but cats, cats are, are very smart. They'll eat a little bit, and uh, as long as you leave the litter boxes full, and the cat food out there, you can go for three, four days. Uh, when Alex said he was taking his cat and his dog to the kennel, I just never, I've never heard. Of, I don't know where. I, maybe, maybe people do. I just haven't known many people trying to think who taking their cats to the kennel. So anyway, hey, listen, that doesn't make you more or less a Christian or, a, or an American patriot. <laughs> I, I just, it's just, a, it's just an observation I made. And for and uh, uh, for for those who take exception to Ray's remark, just te- just <laughs> oh Ray, yeah, Ray was just, gonna get some calls. Ray was cre- questioning whether you could be a Christian and have a cat. I mean, I could tell it. Just, just teasing people. Yeah. Hey. But I do not have a cat. Years ago, uh, I worked at a TV station not far from here in another town. Uh, but there was a guy that I worked with. Uh, that had a cat, and he would walk it down the street. He would put a leash on the cat. Walk a cat? And he would walk his cat. Listen, you can't hurt a cat, and you can't walk a cat. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. Well, they are good for keeping, uh, what, mice away? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Some they're say, real good. Real some good. say snakes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do they keep snakes away? I have read that in multiple places, which totally means it's accurate because I read it on the Internet. 
Depends on the size true. of the snake. What'd you say, right? What'd you say, right? It must be true. It was on the yeah. internet. Right? You can't put anything that's not true on the internet. <laughs> I saw that on the internet. All right. All right. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Well, Next story. Let's mention this because it is something that's happening today, and it is something uh, that we have talked about a lot on this program. There is a hearing today in Virginia, Loudoun County area, that involves a motion on two fronts. One, the amended complaint from a gym teacher named Tanner Cross. He's the guy that got suspended for confronting his school board back in May over the policy at that time, the proposal at that time, to force teachers to use a student's preferred pronouns. Tanner Cross said, I'm not doing this. I'm a Christian. I believe God made us in certain ways. I'm not going to call Bill Tom. I'm paraphrasing that. You're not going to call Bill Tanya. Tanya, thank you very much. Yeah. I was just testing you. Um, But so, yeah, in recent days, uh, we've had a couple of teachers join or ask to join Tanner Cross's lawsuit. And what's interesting about all this is that just this week, the Virginia Supreme Court agreed with a lower court's decision that Tanner Cross has to be reinstated by his employer while the lawsuit plays out. And I had some sound here from his attorney at Alliance Defending Freedom explaining why the uh, Virginia Supreme Court got it right this week when they said that Tanner Cross has to be reinstated. Clip six. The high court got a lot of things right here, but one of the most important things, I think, was rejecting the school's claim that a few complaints by a few parents was en- caused enough disruption to allow them to suspend a teacher for speaking at a public school meet- board meeting. The court said that the school officials were minimizing the importance of his speech rights and trying to overstate how much disruption they caused. What really happened was a few parents complained after he exercised his constitutionally protected right to speak to his elected officials about a policy they were considering, and they suspended him just on that basis. The Virginia Supreme Court strongly stated that citizens, including public employees, have the right to express their views about policies that are under consideration to their elected officials, and the government can't retaliate against them for doing that. Now, just to circle back here and reset up the story, Tanner Cross has to be reinstated at his job, but his lawsuit against being suspended and this forced policy is uh, what's going to be heard starting today going forward in Virginia. Yeah. So, again, what they're wanting to do, this uh, Loudoun County school mm-hmm. system is wanting to force their coaches, their coaches and their teachers mm-hmm. to, if, if, if a he wants to be called she, a she, mm-hmm. that the teacher has to do that. Yes. And he's saying, I'm not going to do that. So we've got boys and girls, males, females, and we've, we've had that since the dawn of, of history. Mm-hmm. Since the Bible, and I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Right? right? You know what I'm an advocate of? What? Let's follow the science. Yeah. Let's follow the science. Fred. Uh, come on. That's right. Fred, good one, Fred. As they say in Saskatchewan, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, follow uh, the science. If you got a boy in front of you who says, I want to be identified as a she, just say no, because you are a he. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, right. The same people who tell us Christians that we don't follow the science, we don't believe in science, are the same people who tell us we got to call a boy a girl. Which is crazy. We've lost all touch with reality. Right. A guy comes in, he's a guy, his name is Bill, he wants to be Tanya tomorrow. No, 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 no. 
you're a guy, you were right. a guy, you are a guy. Right. Identify any way you want. But when I see you and I talk to you, I'm going to treat you the way you actually right. are. You are a guy, period. And this is this is science, right, Fred? It's yeah. also just common sense. Well, yeah. also, I mean, where does this take you? Some some guy walks into an airport someday and says, I feel like a 747 pilot. Let me in the cockpit. Because that's the way I feel. I mean, right. you cannot exist that way. No. No. And if uh, I've said this before, if you can, if you, if a, if a society is going to say you can self-identify your sex, <laughs> then why are they going to tell me I can't self-identify my race? Mm-hmm. Why are they going to tell me I can't, can't, can't say, mm-hmm. if I want to say as, as a, one of these clips, I've seen these video clips of the, if I want to say I am a, uh, four foot eleven Chinese woman. Mm-hmm. You need to treat me like that. That's mm-hmm. how I identify. What is the difference? Mm-hmm. That's right. Between that and a and a, a a man saying he is a woman, and you're supposed to treat him like that, right. even though he's not. Have That's you right. seen the T-shirts and social media posts from people saying I identify as a vaccinated person? We've already <laughs> yeah, seen, seen that. Those. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Why not? No, I know it sounds funny and it sounds ridiculous, uh, but so does a man saying he's a woman. Well, that's right. You remember the Rachel Dolezal lady from several years yeah. ago, white woman? She yeah. was born white. She right. is white, still white. But she says for she's and she's felt this way for a long time. She identified as a black individual. Yeah, and actually posed as one for many years. Hey, you can't, you can't. Uh, hey, listen, I, I self-identify as. Uh, 68 years old so i'm ready for my full social security hey mm-hmm. i identify as debt free so i'm going to tell that to the person calling me <laughs> yeah. today about money yeah. that i still owe yeah uh it's 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 crazy and i hope this uh, certainly hope this uh coach in virginia wins his case yeah and he's that's in going elementary to the that, school you, teacher. did you say it's going to the uh virginia state supreme court well the supreme court is the one that ruled that he had to be reinstated his lawsuit okay. against the school system is in a lower court situation but it could be appealed to the supreme court i, I wonder how I, I wonder if he's a member of the teachers union uh being in virginia it's very possible uh and if so would they defend that's it? what i'm asking would mm-hmm. the teachers union defend their uh their teacher in this case which is what they're there they for yeah yeah in you many are, jurisdictions if you get a teaching job, you have to be a member of the union. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the situation is in Virginia. Next story, Chris. Well, let's do this real quick let's because do this, Chris. Uh, it is something I have followed up on, and I'm going to continue following up on it today as it relates to <clears throat> Medicare. But yesterday, uh, big stories out that Social Security is not going to be able to pay full benefits by 2034. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> well, oh yeah, they are. <laughs> yes and no, depending on what the uh, the uh, lady says here. I interviewed Rachel Gressler of the mm-hmm. Heritage Foundation, uh, a great expert on this area. I interview her every time one of these warnings come out. But here is what Rachel says when I asked her, "What does this mean for somebody currently on Social Security or about to be on Social Security?" Clip eight. Absent any changes in the program, Congress doesn't do anything and we get to 2033, that means that everybody who's currently receiving a Social Security retirement check will get a 24% reduction in their benefits. And that reduction could increase a little bit more over time. 
And so the alternative to benefit cuts would be, well, what if we raise taxes instead? Um, and that's a pretty significant tax hike that would need to happen in order to keep the program solvent. It would be a 34% increase in the payroll tax rate from the current 12.4% to a 16.6% payroll tax. Now, not included in that soundbite we just played, but included in the story that you will see on AFN.net, Rachel went on to tell me that if you were 50 years or younger today, you, quote, you can't count on receiving even a single year's worth of the benefits that the program says it will pay to you. All I care about is myself here, Chris, and I'm 58. What about me? I identify as somebody who deserves to get my money's worth that I've been paying it. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want where, to... where, where, where are you in this mix, Ray? Where are hey, listen, you? I'm 68. I'm not worried about you guys. <laughs> Golly. Every man for himself. Yeah, every... now. Well, you know, a no. lot of people, a lot of people have, have forever had this mindset That's that it's my money. Spirit. I better be getting it. But your money's already been spent. Yeah, you know, I'm paying uh, your listen, social people, security now, listen, as is Brent. I'm well, if you want to see great, now. if you want to see great power, you take away something that somebody's already getting. Oh yeah, right, right. Listen, uh, all right, that'll be ballistic. This is pure speculation and opinion, right here. What I'm about to say, and that's it may sound moronic. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Okay, so I'll just put that out there. Take, take this for what it's worth. <clears throat> uh, the Congress of the United States, the last thing they're going to quit funding is Social Security. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Republican so, or Democrat. Well, they yeah. need something yes. to get elected. So if we run out of money for Social Security, the country is busted and America is over as we know it. That's and get right. ready to grow your vegetables, okay, <laughs> and, and, and right. guard your house. Uh, so I don't, I don't believe in these scare tactics anymore about social security it, yes it's real mm-hmm. i guess but what's to prevent the federal government from borrowing another trillion or two or ten mm. that's what they do yep that's why they exist to borrow trillions of dollars until one day we run out of our borrowing power whenever that is i'm not sure when that not happens nobody to seems to know mm-hmm. all right ray we'll be back with i'll be back with ray and fritz and uh, chris thank you thank you Brother Steve Jordan will bring more good news in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.